So I think in God's sovereignty, He's brought us to where we are in First Peter. I'm just going to be introducing this today. We'll be talking about it next week. But it's a good reminder for us. And it's a good heart preparation to prepare ourselves for 2021. Because for as much as we think it can't be any worse, it may be. We've got no guarantee. So as we are looking at our text, as I say over and over in First Peter, the, the goal of this book is to teach us how to be holy as God is holy. We're commanded to be holy as God is holy. And Peter lays out the practical instructions for that. And as we've gotten into chapter 5, despite our many months gap, we finished with the first part of chapter 5, which was basically exhortation to the elders of the church. There's 12 elders at Lakeside as exhortations to us. But certainly you can review those and see are your elders doing what they're supposed to do. And then... December 6th, we covered the next verses. I'm going to read the first seven verses, if you've got your Bibles, follow along. First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. And then I'm going to summarize something and set the table for introducing today's text. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed... Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion but voluntarily... According to the will of God, and not for sort of gain, but with eagerness. Nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Verse 5. You younger men likewise be subject to your elders. And all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. And really, as you look at particularly those last verses of humble yourself, cast your cares on him, those all occur in part through prayer. The humility to come to God and say, I can't fix it. I need you. The willingness to call on His name, to give Him the anxiety, to give Him the concerns, knowing and believing that He cares for us. The believers that originally received this letter had a perpetual 2020. Their lives were hard and they never got better. There was never a turning of the calendar where suddenly things improved. Their life was hard and it didn't get easier. And Peter knew this and Peter was encouraging them and exhorting them. And he was trying to remind them, God cares. He cares about our individual problems. He knows our individual names. Even when life is hard, even when there's injustice, even when there's persecution, we can trust God. Peter is telling us, look, lay your burdens on Him. Don't carry them. You can do it because He loves you. He cares for you. 
in my mind, I remembered the number of times when my girls were little where I was trying to get them to do something and they were scared or fearful and didn't want to do it. Most of us who are parents have at some point been that where you're just pleading with them, look, I'm not going to let you get hurt. I got you. It'll be okay. I'm going to help you. Just trust me. That's the type of pleading that I think Peter's doing through the Spirit of God that God is doing with us to trust Him. And those words are comforting. Those exhortations are well and good. And yet Peter immediately transitions. Not radically different. But he's telling us what we need to be doing that casting our cares on the Lord is not purely a passive activity. And I think it will help us. As I look through the text, I have a four-part outline. I don't know how far I'll get today. It may take a couple of weeks, like I said. But really, I want us to be thinking as we go through this about preparing our hearts for the challenges of 2021. We're going to face challenges. We don't know what they are yet. God's sovereign, not us. We don't have to worry about them. Don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But we do need to be prepared to face the challenges of the next year. And so as I go through verses 8 and 9, just got four points to help us in preparing to face the challenges of 2021. So follow along with me as I read verses 8 and 9, and then we'll see how far we get. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So the first way to prepare to face the challenges of 2021 is found in the first part of verse 8. It's this. Expect to experience difficult trials. Expect to experience difficult trials. Now I'm going to be clear over time. I'm talking about a specific type of trial. It's the satanic attacks that are going to come our way. But the reality is, all of us have challenges coming our way unless the Lord takes us to heaven before January 1st. And that would be nice for all of us. Just take care of everything. We'll go to heaven, be with Jesus. That would be the best way to enter the new year. Of course, that poses a problem because God doesn't exist in time, so there wouldn't be a new year in heaven. We would just be there. But anyway, that's another, that's another story. It's another issue. Peter starts this way. He says, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. It's actually two distinct commands that go together. They ultimately result in the same outcome. But he says, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Be of sober spirit is something that this is the third time in his letter he has said basically this same thing. It has to do with being self-controlled with your thinking, with your mind. 
you think about this year, the, one of the things that I found in my own heart, but I saw amongst believers, is the events drove us crazy such that we sometimes didn't think clearly. But as I said, this is the third time Peter has said the same thing. Back in chapter 1, at verse 13, he said this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's almost as though this is a bookend of thought, but it's the same idea. It is preparing your mind and being ready. Not being emotional, not being carried away, not being just caught in a jumble of thoughts. Other imagery in Scripture is of a wave tossing you to and fro. No, it's stability of our minds. It's interesting because I've got in my notes 1 Peter 4, 7 where he said it again. It's interesting in light of what we just heard today. The end of all things is near. Talking about the return of Christ. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. If we want to apply whatever God just convicted you of listening to Pastor Jim, it can't happen apart from a sober spirit. It just has to do with self-control, sobriety of the mind. Peter understands the human condition. He was a human. In times of trial and struggle, we can get anxious. We can lash out. We can go back and forth. We can get scared. Remember, Peter's greatest failure came in just one of those moments. When he said, Jesus, if everybody else turns away, I got your back. And then he was cowardly. He took his eyes off of Jesus, so to speak, at the moment. And if we do the same thing, then we start being like Peter and start looking out for self-preservation. How do I protect myself? Rather than saying, Lord, whatever you have, help me be obedient. I know for me, the temptation is always just to fix my own problems. It's easy when you know everything and you know the best way to do everything. You just solve all your own problems. God is opposed to the proud, which is what many of us become. Those verses have resonated in my mind ever since I taught it. God is opposed to the proud and gives grace to the humble. Again, If we're not careful, we start reacting to the events around us just like the unbelievers do. That was the danger of 2020. That was the burden of my heart. Was we should be light in the midst of darkness. And I don't know that our country saw Christians in that way. Peter's not calling us to do anything that we don't have the ability to do in Christ. We have God's Spirit indwelling us Galatians 5.22 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control having a sober spirit is just walking by the spirit allowing patience and self-control and those types of things to permeate us Peter's calling us to live by the Spirit.
Be of sober spirit. And he says next, be on the alert. That's what sort of triggered me thinking ahead. We need to be on the alert for what's coming. Not because I'm a prophet, not because there's a particular danger I'm concerned about, but because whatever is coming our way, the Bible says be on the alert. It means to be watchful. In the context, Peter's about to tell us that there's spiritual warfare all around us and it's not stopping. And we need to be ready. But we're going to encounter that in 2021 just like we encountered it in 2020. We've got to be watchful. We've got to be on the alert for the dangers that surround us and that are inevitably coming our way because we live in a fallen world and we follow Jesus Christ. I think about this a lot. There's only one God. There's only one Spirit. There's only one Word of God. But God has called people from every tribe and tongue and nation and the reality is we live in different locations. I'm not a world traveler. Some of you have traveled a lot more than me, but I have been blessed to worship with believers in different parts of the world. And our challenges in America are radically different than their challenges. Because by and large, and I'm not saying that nobody has it tough, but by and large, we have it easy. Our inconvenience is that the gym is cold and most of you get cold. So that's, that's it. Most of us walking into church this morning weren't looking over our shoulders. Pastor Jim gave the illustration of the guy walking up with a gun. That's not normal. It happens. That's not the norm. I was thinking about our time in Nigeria when we're staying in a compound. There's a man with a gun that just sits by the gate. And there's a big wall up around it. And you look over, if you could see over the wall, you look over the wall, there's a Muslim village over there. And there's a lot of hostility towards believers. And the guy's sitting over there with a gun. Morning, noon, and night. They're always alert. They're always watchful because for them it's a matter of life and death. It's just not that way with us. we got the police car out here circling. Most of us aren't as alert as we should be. But this isn't even here talking only about physical danger. This is talking about spiritual danger. This is about being alert to the world you live in and as we're going to see in a moment, being alert to the adversary that's the enemy of God's people. We have to enter 2021, not only with a sober spirit, but with an attitude that isn't lulled to sleep. I think that's the danger for us in America is we're comfortable. There is no urgency. By and large, we are lulled to sleep. Not because of bad sermons. We have good sermons. We're lulled to sleep because we really don't face risks. Or at least we don't think we do. But they're all around us. And they'll continue in 2021. We don't want to be caught sleeping. Other commentators pointed out this picture in Matthew 26. And it happened more than once, but I'm reading verses 40 and 41. And he came to the disciples. Remember he had said, will you watch while I go pray? This is when he's on the verge of going to the cross. He's praying and drops of blood. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. 
and said to the author of this letter, Peter, So, you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even though 2020 is ending, we need to be alert because the world's still falling. People still reject Christ. And as we'll see in a moment, we have an enemy of God that's still after us. We can't assume that 2021 is going to be an easier year. We've got to be ready. Be sober, be on the alert. So the first thing, and I'm only going to introduce the second, the first way to prepare yourself to face the challenges of 21, expect to experience difficult trials. The second, and again, I'm just going to introduce this, don't overlook your real enemy. Don't overlook your real enemy. Second part of verse 8. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. In the context of this statement of being sober in spirit and being alert, the reason is this. Your adversary, the devil. Again, he knows they're in the midst of all kinds of trials, all kinds of struggles, but he also knows that the one working behind some of those trials and some of those struggles is the devil. Often unseen, often acting through human agents, sometimes with God's permission through the manipulation of the forces of nature, but always ready to attack God's children. If it's not understood correctly, the picture Peter paints could be very frightening. I say not understood correctly because at the end of the day, Jesus wins and we can resist the devil. And we'll get into that. I can remember my picture of a devil as a kid came from cartoons. Always fire. Always some cartoon character that's descending into what was obviously pictured to be hell. But the Bible paints a sinister picture that's real. And he uses a personal pronoun to make this personal to each one of us. Your adversary. Not a generic adversary. He's your adversary. He's my adversary. The word adversary originally had the idea of an opponent in a court of law. And that doesn't mean all lawyers are devils. But that's the word of adversary, of somebody that wanted you to lose, was going against you, obviously with evil intent in this case. And the word translated devil is actually the Greek version of a translation of a Hebrew word from which we get the word Satan, which is why it now becomes, and we use that name to refer to him, it really was just the Hebrew term, and it meant a slanderer, an accuser which, of course, is a good articulation of what Satan does. 
the one who's constantly accusing us, who's seeking our harm. And one of the things we need to be aware of as we enter 2020, one, is that Satan wants to destroy us individually. He wants to destroy us collectively. He wants to destroy Lakeside. He wants to destroy the testimony of the church universal in America. He wants to destroy the testimony of the church around the world. And he does that one believer at a time, attacking and attacking and attacking, hoping to derail us. I'll go just another minute or so more. Then I'll stop and I'll come back to this next week. I never want any of us to be experts on the devil. I want us to be experts on Jesus. But when the Bible says be on the alert, we need to know what we're facing. And he uses a picture from the natural world. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I thought about this. You know, we see this from images on TV. When I was a kid, it was Marlon Perkins, the Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. I remember that. Marlon Perkins was always in the helicopter safe and Jim's down there fighting with the lions or whatever. Look at Jim. He's running. Hi, Jim. Um, I don't remember if that's exactly an episode, but I do remember Marlon Perkins was always safe and Jim was down in the midst of the animals. But you see, normally the lion's just hiding in the grass out on the plains and the coloration blends in and the unsuspecting zebra's just getting some water and before the zebra knows it, boom, there's a lion on its back. A lion grabbing the throat. And the zebra's done for. That's the picture Peter uses to say, our adversary, the devil, wants to do to us. And as we get into that next week, it's just a reminder of why we want to be on the alert. The zebra that always gets caught is the one that wasn't looking. He was drinking the water. And there are a thousand different things to distract us from the real enemy and the real danger. So we'll stop for here. One of the ways I think Satan attacks us, though, is to keep us from praying. Because he knows if we're in touch with God, so to speak, we're untouchable. But if he can turn our hearts away from God and get us away from praying and get us away from that desperate dependence on God, then at that moment, we're like the zebra drinking the water. And our adversary's prowling, looking to pounce. So I pray this week, each one of us will pray better. I would really like this, and somebody will have to volunteer, because I can't do it, but, you know, we divide up into groups, and I want us, I'm getting a feel now for who's back, and I'm excited to be teaching and I'm excited for us to be here, but I want us to be able to share all of our prayer requests, even if we're not in the same group. So as we move forward, I'm going to be more formally dividing up the groups. If it's on your heart, just be willing to accumulate these and email them out so that we can all be praying for all of us and not just our group. Pray for those, but pray for everybody. Making Lakeside a more prayerful place in part begins with making each part of Lakeside more prayerful, and I want that for faith builders. So, let me close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today.
Lord, I know the conviction in my heart of being reminded that I don't pray fervently enough. My default setting for the challenges of life is not always prayer. And Lord, at times it's because I allow myself and give a moments not to have a sober spirit and I'm not on the alert. Lord, for each one of us, I pray that as we end what has been a tumultuous year, that we won't be rattled, that we won't be distracted, but rather, Lord, we will look forward to the challenges that you'll bring our way in 2021. Lord, you gave us a chance this year to be dependent upon you. You took away a lot of comforts and routines and things that were a part of our lives. And Lord, we didn't all pass the test all the time. In fact, in the face of some challenges, many of us struggled. But I pray, Lord, that as we approach the end of this year, we will have a time of reflection and giving thanks for your sustaining grace through 2020, but also, Lord, that you'll prepare our hearts now to be sober-minded and on the alert for the challenges coming in 2021. Lord, we love you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.